0: Hello, and welcome back to the Bizfluencer Podcast. This is episode two. My name is Donata White. I'm your host. I am a content and social media marketing expert and the CEO of Coffee Date Media. We're a content marketing agency located in North Carolina, and I'm also the founder of the Bizfluencer Bootcamp online course, the Influence Content Calendar, and many other online courses and educational programs for solopreneurs and entrepreneurs who are building their businesses online. This is episode two, like I said, and I am just blown away by your response to episode one. So thank you to all of you who have listened. And I just so appreciate your response because if you listen to the first episode, it was a very personal story and it's not one that I had told before. And I was very nervous about it, but after seeing everyone's response, I know that sharing it was the right choice. I am so happy that I did and that it resonated with all of you. So thank you again to all of you who have listened. And if you haven't, go back and listen to episode one before you start into this content, because I think it gives great context for all the educational stuff that we're going to be going over today. Today, we're going to be talking about how to build a personal brand online, because I think that this is one of the foundational concepts that we're going to be covering in this podcast. And one of the foundational concepts that I cover in all of my courses, in all of my coaching, a lot of what we do as an agency as well. And the reason it's so important is because it provides the structure for everything you post online, all of your course offerings, any service offerings, any products that you put into the online space for receipt by your audience It's all in the context of your personal brand. So that's why I think it is so important to cover this today. So before we go into the how, let's go into the what and the why. So let's just start with what is a personal brand because it's a little bit of an abstract concept and for lack of a better short description, it's what you're all about online And there's different elements to it. I've got a few written down here in my notes. It's how you portray yourself on social media, how other people or media outlets portray you. It's your elevator pitch, your mission statement, your content, what topics you talk about, the parts of your personality you let show online, your visual branding. Something that I do want to make sure that you get about your online personal brand is that it is different from you as a person. And it's not different because you're being inauthentic or you're being fake or you're not portraying your real self online. It's different from you as a person because it's an oversimplified version of you. You are a complex individual full of thoughts and feelings and beliefs about all different kinds of things, but you cannot express all of that online in the context of a personal brand because you will never ever create a brand that's not confusing. If you try to put your whole self online, it's never going to work. So what a personal brand is, is this compartmentalized, simplified version of yourself. It's still you, but it's not all of you. And the goal of this personal brand is to attract the people that you want to attract into your business or into your mission, and then also to be able to deliver on that mission in the right way. So the reason you simplify this version of yourself online is not because it's what sells, it's that if you try to be overly complicated, it's not even going to be effective. So yes, your personal brand is you, but it's a simplified version of you. It's a part of you. It's not an inauthentic or not genuine part of yourself, but it's a simplified version. And I just want to make that clear right at the outset before we talk about building your personal brand online, because I think a lot of people get stuck on their brand, not being them, and they can't Unwind themselves from their brand. They're so intertwined with it that anything that they want to say online comes out of their mouth, whether or not it's inconsistent with the branding and the mission that they've put out there. So, just knowing from the outset that your brand is not you, your brand is a simplified version of yourself, and that you don't have to share everything. If you're going through a tough time or there's something about your life that you don't want to share, you don't have to share it. It's not An obligation. It's something that you are allowed to do, but it's not an obligation. So, there's a ton we could talk about with what to share and what not to share in a personal brand. And we could do a whole episode on that about boundaries around social media. And we may do that very soon. But for now, I think what's important to know is that your personal brand is not you. So, you don't have to put your whole self out there on social media to have an effective personal brand. That's what a personal brand is. Again, a very amorphous abstract concept, but let's talk about why you'd want to do this because there's been a lot of discussion on the interwebs, especially now that we're living in this COVID world of everyone working online or working remotely. And there's a lot more people spending a lot more time on social media. Why would you want to build a personal brand online if you haven't already started? Number one, if you are a main service provider, if you are a service business and you are the person providing the service, coaches, consultants, educators, course creators, stylists, anything where someone is coming directly to you for the service that you provide and paying you money to provide that service, the service itself is not really going to be the difference maker because there's probably a lot of people in your industry doing a lot of great work and your audience has choices. And plenty of people are providing fantastic service at similar prices to you. So in that case, when someone is looking to hire somebody else who provides your service, the difference isn't going to really be the price or the quality of the service. It's going to be the person who provides the service. And that's where your personal brand comes in because people are actually willing to spend money on people. They like, they're willing to spend their time receiving a service from somebody that they trust and who they see as an expert. So, If you are able to build a personal brand that positions you as your particular audience's favorite expert in whatever your industry is, that's going to help you get more business. If you're a service provider, that's one reason why you would want to build an online personal brand. Number two, if your income streams depend on your popularity, you cannot skip building a personal brand online. So if your income streams depends on your personal ability to draw a crowd, such as an influencer, author, actor, performer, politician, etc. Social media is a free way to build that audience. Building a personal brand online is going to be one of the easiest, least expensive ways to reach a ton of people and build that fan base. That's going to boost your income. There's lots of ways to reach the exact people you're looking to attract. There's lots of ways to build connections with people who can help you build your platform. So if you're somebody whose income really depends on your personal ability to draw a crowd or your personal ability to convince a lot of people to do things like vote, like buy tickets, like buy a certain product. Building a personal brand online is not an option for you. You must do it. So those are the two very specific types of people that I think need to build personal brands online. Number one, service providers who are providing the service themselves. It's not a service business. You are the face of the service, meaning hairstylists, coaches, consultants, someone where... Somebody needs you in particular to exchange their money for the service, or if your income streams depend on your personal ability to draw a crowd, you must have a personal brand online. But there is a third group of people that I think would benefit from building strong online personal brands. And that is the group that isn't sure what you want to do or how you want to monetize your platform. You just know that you want options. You love being social. You love being creative. You really want to connect with people on a certain topic. That is somebody who should also build a personal brand because building an online brand allows you to have a different kind of fun online. Let's be honest, this is supposed to be entertainment. Social media is supposed to be social. And if this year has been tough for you because you're extroverted or you have this very niche interest that you're just dying to talk to people about, or if you just are not really sure what you want to do for work and you really want options, Building a personal brand is a way to kind of fill that gap. You can get some of that social interaction that you've been craving and you can give yourself more options when it comes to your career. Now, obviously that doesn't completely fill the gap in those areas, but it can totally help. Those are the three groups of people that I think should consider building personal brands online because it's a fast, easy way to connect with people. Ultimately, that's kind of the point is that a personal brand Allows you to represent yourself online in a certain way to a certain group of people and achieve a certain result. I don't recommend going online and trying to build a brand for the heck of it because you're not gonna have enough focus to know what you're supposed to be doing. But if you do find yourself in one of these three groups, or if you just wanna try it and see as a project how large you can grow a brand and how many people you can help, great, fantastic. We're gonna move into how to build your personal brand. Right now, number one, I like to start with focusing on your mission. And again, I know that sounds like a big, abstract concept, but it's where I think you need to start because it's what everything else builds on. What are you trying to do for the world through your personal brand? It can be big, it can be small. It doesn't need to be anything like curing world hunger or creating world peace, all right? You don't need to be Mother Teresa to have a personal brand online. I think that's pretty obvious, but what are you doing for the world through your personal brand? If you have a mission, you're going to have a focus that's going to help you create your content. It's going to help you attract the right audience members. It's going to help you monetize. It's going to help you do everything. It's easier to tell what you should and should not include in your content, in your programs, in your services, in your messaging. If you start with your mission, if you focus on who you want to be online, rather than what you want to do That puts too much of the attention on yourself. Yes, it's helpful to figure out the character that you want to play online, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but nobody cares about your personal brand unless that personal brand is doing something for them. If you're just out here showing off your personality and what you like and what you don't like, that doesn't really do anything for the audience it's not going to stick. So what is it that you're doing for your audience when you show up online? It can be as simple as entertainment. It can be solving a problem. Again, a big problem or a small problem. It can be a big problem like social justice, or it can be a small problem like, hey, shaving my legs is annoying. What is the problem that you are solving? Or it can just be providing joy and inspiration to a very specific group of people on a very specific topic. But I always like to start with the mission and then you can decide what version of you is best equipped to take on that mission. Remember when we talked about your personal brand being a version of yourself? Well, if you start with the mission, you can decide what parts of you are best equipped to achieve that goal. If you start with the personality, you then have to fit the mission to the personality and it doesn't really work in reverse. So let's go through a couple of examples. Our mission at CDM is to combine art with entertainment to create content that converts for small business. That's our mission. Everything we do is built around that. Every tip we share, every video we create, every podcast episode we record, everything we edit, every photo we take is built around combining art and entertainment to create content that converts for small businesses. Now we've branched out into larger businesses and we are so grateful for that, but the mission still applies. We know that we operate in a certain way to achieve a certain result. And that makes it so easy for me to bring on the right team members. It makes it easy for me to create our offering packages. It makes it easy for us to sell our services because we know what makes us stand out. So when you start with that mission, it always helps because everything builds upon that. That is the foundational element of your personal brand. Now, let's say you are a health coach and your personal brand is all about breaking women free from diet culture. Well that's very specific and you also know the parts of your personality now that are best equipped to achieve that goal. You know that people who are steeped in diet culture need a certain amount of compassion, so you know that the compassionate part of you needs to come out. You know that diet culture is so pervasive that they need help recognizing that on a conscious level, so you know that the educator portion of you needs to come out. There's lots of different parts of you that need to come out. Now Maybe the judgmental part of you, if you've got one, and we all do, stays inside for that because that's not the part of you that's going to help achieve the mission of helping women break free from diet culture, right? They don't need judgment. They need compassion. So there's parts of you that remain out of the personal brand because it's not going to help achieve the goal. And there's parts of you that go into it because that's the part of you that's best equipped to serve the audience that you're serving and achieve the goal that you're trying to achieve. So starting with the mission helps that decision-making process become so much easier because you can focus on what you're trying to achieve and not who you want to show up as now a little subset of your mission. Once you've decided what your mission is for your personal brand is focusing on your messaging. What is your presence online actually saying to people? What is it they're receiving when they see your content or watch a video? When your audience comes to your page, what are the messages that they are getting? Who is it for? Your message isn't for everybody. It's not going to appeal to everybody. If you try to make your messaging appeal to everybody, it's going to be so vanilla and so lackluster that no one's going to like it enough to actually engage with your brand. If your messaging is not forceful, is not direct, is not clear, because you're trying to not offend anybody or you're trying to appeal to too wide of a group of people, it's gonna become so diluted that no one even wants to engage with it. So you have to be very clear and make a decision from the beginning about what your brand is all about. And what your messaging is, and it's not going to appeal to everybody. And you have to be okay with the fact that it's actually going to repel some people. But if it's strong enough to repel some people like a magnet, it is also strong enough to attract the exact right people. So who is the message for? What are you saying? What are they struggling with? Why and how is this message so helpful for them within your mission statement, how you implement this within your mission statement, it's helpful to include belief statements, These are things that your personal brand believes in. For example, let's go back to the health coach and the diet culture thing. I believe that diet culture is harmful to women's self-image and physical health. Great. That is a belief statement that should be pervasive throughout your content. Some people might not agree with that. The people who do are going to so resonate with it, that they show up and they stay there when it comes to your personal brand. So within your mission statement, it's helpful to have these belief statements And these are messages that should spread throughout your content. Everything you put out there should support these messages. Do not post things that derail this messaging unless you're doing so consciously to do what we do in the lawyer world, which is pick holes in your own argument so you can patch them up. And that's way more detailed than we're getting into in this episode because that goes down to argument tactics and rhetoric and how you create your content and how you support your position and all of that stuff. And we could do many, many episodes on that. It took me three years to learn how to do it in law school and four years in journalism school before that to learn how to support a position properly and how to convince people of what you're saying. Again, way beyond the purview of this episode, but suffice it to say for now that everything that you post under the umbrella of your personal brand should support the messages that you determine at the beginning is your brand messaging. All right, so at this point of mapping out your personal brand, you've got your mission, you've got your messaging. What's next is more of the fun stuff that most people are excited about when I work with them, and that is your content pillars and your personality and your visual branding. So let's start with content pillars because this is how you get your message out into the world. Your content pillars are the three to five topics or content formats that you are going to use to spread your message. So by that, I mean, what are the topics you're going to cover in your content? As simple as that. Let's say my mission as a personal brand, as the Donata White brand is to empower entrepreneurs to use content to build their businesses and connect with their audiences. Okay, great. What do I say when I say, I believe that everybody has a home in the online space and everybody's business can succeed by attracting the right customers online. When I say that, how do I show or how do I teach that online? That's what content pillars are. So with that example, let's just say my content pillars are social media marketing strategy, entrepreneur mindset, entrepreneur lifestyle, and just a little bit about my personality so that my audience gets to know and trust me and see that I'm a real person. Okay, those are four topics that I consistently cover in all of my content and everything that I do, that's one of those four topics, is meant to support my mission and my messaging. Let's do another example. Let's say you're a wedding planner and your mission is to allow everyone to have the wedding or the family event of their dreams Regardless of the traditions surrounding those events and your messaging is you can have the event that you want, throw tradition out the window, and you can have the unique special event that's meaningful for you. I believe that you should have the wedding that is perfect for you and your fiance or you and your partner and throw tradition out the window. This is your day. Let's do it the way you want to. Okay. Well, how would you support that with your content pillars? Your pillars are the things that hold that up right? You could provide unique wedding ideas. So ideas for dessert tables, ideas for party favors, ideas for songs or table settings or unique wedding games or whatever it is, just unique wedding ideas, things to include in your celebration that are unique or that people have not heard of. That's a content pillar. You could also include wedding design inspiration, meaning colors, again, table settings, flowers, that sort of stuff. As a third content pillar, you could also provide tips on how to make sure your wedding goes smoothly. So things about scheduling, things about hiring the right vendor teams, about hiring a wedding planner, positioning yourself as an educator in that way as one of your content pillars. Again, all of this is supporting the idea that everybody should be able to execute and enjoy the celebration of their dreams regardless of what other people want or regardless of what traditions say that the couple should want. That's just an example and I think that illustrates the point that your content pillars are the delivery system for your messaging. These content pillars help you organize your thoughts and they give you some structure when it comes to creating your content because as the expert in your industry, as somebody who knows a lot about your field, it's really hard to come up with topics when you're starting from a blank screen and a blinking cursor. What I find is more helpful is to have some structure as to what gets said in your brand and what does not. And that's what these content pillars are. It's a lot easier to come up with a topic when you have a prompt than it is to come up with a topic out of thin air. So if you're a life coach and you know, I have to give a tip about using affirmations today, or I have to give a new affirmation for today, or I have to give a tip about decision-making today. Well, that's a lot easier than saying, what can I tell people to improve their lives today? That's way too broad. It doesn't help organize anything that's going on in your brain. And because you have so much source material to work with as the expert, it's really difficult to come up with content when you don't have that structure. So again, let's go back to the wedding planner. Let's say, you know, one of your content pillars is unique wedding ideas, and you've got a lot of wedding ideas that you've created for your clients. So all you have to do is share one. That's a lot easier than saying, what do I talk about about weddings today? That's way too broad of a topic. And these content pillars help organize your thoughts. The other thing that they do is they help manage your audience's expectations. And the reason that is so key is because when people know what to expect from your online presence, they are more likely to come back. They are more likely to stay and they're more likely to share your online presence and your content with other people. Consistency in your online presence is always a benefit to you. People on the internet love consistency. If they know that they could come to your profile or come to your account for a certain quality and certain type of topic, they will keep returning. If every time they come back, it's something different, there's nothing keeping them there. There's nothing that they say, oh, I've got to go check because I need my fix on wedding design ideas, or I need my fix on anti-diet culture encouragement. If they don't know what you have to say and they don't know what your content pillars are, they don't know why the heck they're coming back. So you need to have some sort of consistency in the topics that you cover in order to make your audience expect and look forward to what it is you have to say. So now we've got your mission. Now we've got your messaging. Now we've got your content pillars. Next is the personality. What parts of your personality? Looking at all of what we just talked about, If you've got this down on a piece of paper or if you're just recording notes into your phone or whatever it is, as you're building out your personal brand, what parts of your personality are best positioned to deliver the message that you've decided you want to deliver? You're a complex individual. And we talked about this way at the beginning of the episode, your personality is not your personal brand's personality, your personality and yourself as an individual are way more complex than your personal brand is going to be. And I want you to understand that because your personal brand is a subset of characteristics that you yourself have. Your personal brand is just a version of yourself that you play online. It is not all of you. You are a complex individual, but certain versions of you are better suited to talk to the person you're wanting to attract about the message and mission you've decided to embody. There is a version of you that's best positioned to achieve the goal you've decided to achieve. What that personality is like is up to you to decide, but not because it's what you want. It's up to you to decide because it's what your audience will respond best to. So are you going to use a lot of humor are you going to be more serious? Are you going to be sassy? Are you going to be gentle? Are you going to employ tough love? Are you going to use simple language or flowery language? What parts of you are your audience members going to respond to best? And that's how you decide the personality of your brand. It's not because it's what you want. Again, your personal brand's personality is not all of you. You are still free to be your full and wonderful self in the outside world when it comes to building a personal brand online, you've got to decide what that personality is, and you've got to stick to it. This is the character that you play online. And I don't want you to get freaked out by that term because it's not inauthentic. It is part of you, but it is a character that you are playing. The closer it is to your actual personality, the easier it's going to be. My personal brand is very close to my actual personality. In fact, At times, they're almost indistinguishable, which makes it very easy for me to show up online in the way that I want to, but it's not all parts of me, and your personal brand is not going to be all parts of you. It's an oversimplified version that's meant to achieve the goals that you want to achieve, and it's okay if you don't feel like this person every single day. It is okay. My personal brand is very positive. I don't feel positive every day because, hello, I'm a human person, and I've got my own problems, and life happens, right? So it is okay if you do not feel like that person every single day of your life. That is fine. But when you show up online, that's who you've got to be. And the reason it's so important for you to nail this down now is because as your business grows, eventually parts of your business are going to need to be passed off to other people, whether it's creating the content, creating the videos, creating your graphics, writing your captions, whatever. Some of your content creation has to get passed off at some point. And if your personality, your personal brand's personality is not easily described to the person you're outsourcing to, you're going to have a mess. As you grow your business, you will not be able to scale if you cannot pass off parts of your content creation process. And we see this all the time in the agency. That's why people hire us is because content creation, as you grow, becomes such a big part of what you have to do for your business that you just don't have time anymore. And you have to be able to pass off your brand's personality to an agency like Coffee Date Media or to a VA or to a social media manager in order to get the same results or better results than you were getting before. You cannot be the only one who can embody this character or you're always going to be the one creating every piece of content. And that cannot happen if you wanna grow your business. So for the sake of growth and scaling, not only does the personality have to be clear and has to be the person who can deliver the message the best, But it also has to be describable to somebody else. And it also has to be something that somebody else can embody. So yes, it's you and it's a part of you and it's a version of you, but you have to be able to describe it and pass it off and outsource it to somebody else at some point, or you're always going to be the person creating all of the content for your business. And that is exhausting and it limits your growth. Now, where I find this gets really fun, especially in the agency is when a single brand involves multiple people. And I know we're talking about personal brands and usually that's just one person and how they portray themselves online. But sometimes what we would consider a personal brand actually has multiple people. For example, the home edit is a really great example. That's a personal brand. It's a giant corporation, but online, you know, you're talking to Clea and Joanna. Do you think Clea and Joanna do every single piece of their content? No, they do not. But those personalities are so well-defined that their team members are able to contribute to the content creation and they've been able to grow this multi-bazillion dollar brand with a Netflix special and all these wonderful things. But inside the agency, we have a couple of these businesses as well, where let's say it's a husband and wife team and each person gets to play a different character online, which is so much fun because while you have multiple characters, the mission and the messaging remains the same. No one's competing on philosophy, meaning both characters, the mission's the same, the messaging is the same, they're after the same goals when it comes to serving their audience. The personalities are different, and the delivery is different, and that's amazing because different personalities appeal to different people, so it allows one person to appeal to this audience over here and the other person to appeal to this audience over here. Now their personalities may be very similar in real life, but you play up different parts of each person's personality in order to deliver the message differently to different audiences. And that's so much fun for us to create because all of the content that's generated falls into a different character's purview when it comes to the content creation. So let's just say you work in real estate and you have a small real estate team and you've got a lot of stats you want to share your message and your mission is very statistics oriented, very data driven. You have the person on your team who quote unquote delivers all of the statistics. They don't necessarily have to actually in real life, generate all this research. The research can come from everybody on the team, but in the online space, what it looks like is that person is the person who's just really into the data and always has the goods when it comes to delivering stats. So yes, the whole team may know and may be immersed in this data. But in the online world, that one character that we've designated is the person who delivers that information. So they know, the audience that is, knows when that person shows up, they're about to get some really cool stats or some information that they didn't know. So it's just another way to manage audience expectations, to deliver the message to different segments of the audience, and just really play up certain parts of certain people's personalities. It's so much fun, but it's a little bit harder to do that. When you're only one person, when you have multiple people, it's a really fun way to appeal to different audiences. But we're talking about personal brands. Many of you listening are probably solo entrepreneurs, meaning you don't have another person to play off of. But a way you can implement this is by bringing on a guest expert And again, having that mission and the messaging be the same, but the guest expert having a slightly different brand personality. So when they show up, your audience knows what to expect. Now, since we're talking about how to build a personal brand online, I feel like you can't address this subject without talking about the visual branding. But I saved this for last because quite honestly, it is the least important part of your personal brand. A lot of people want to start with colors and fonts and brand photography and logos and icons and whatever else. Honestly, it is the least important part of building your personal brand and it should come after all of this other stuff because your visual branding is supportive of all of what we just talked about. Your visual branding is not your branding. Many people get this confused. They say, well, I need a brand and then they go make a logo and they think they have a brand. If you only have a logo and you haven't done any of what we just talked about, you do not have a brand. You have a logo. A logo is not a brand. A logo is supportive of your brand. What your visual branding is meant to do And what its true purpose is, is to visually represent all of the conceptual stuff that we just talked about your mission, your messaging, your content, your beliefs, your personality. It's a visual representation of all of that. It combines all of those thought processes and represents them visually. It's not your brand. Again, I'm going to say this till the day I die. Your visual branding is not your brand. Your visual branding represents your brand visually. And how I think you do this right is by taking a look at all, again, the conceptual stuff that we just did and think, okay, what colors, what fonts, what sort of feel represents the personality that I wanna portray online. So for example, if you go to my website, if you go to my Instagram, you're gonna see a certain set of colors, a certain set of fonts that has a very playful, upbeat look to it. There's pinks, there's yellows, there's a couple of shades of blue. It's very light, bright, a lot of color. That visual branding has absolutely nothing to do with my own personal visual preferences. Now, did my preferences come into play when I was choosing between options? Yes, but how I chose those colors, those fonts, the logo, everything, was because I had a certain feel and certain personality that I wanted to represent visually. So if I started with what I liked and what colors I liked and what fonts I thought looked good, the end result would not have been supportive of the actual brand that I wanted to bring into the online space. It would have just been a reflection of my personal preferences of what I thought looked nice. That is not how you create a visual brand. A proper visual brand is a visual representation of what the brand personality and mission is. Someone should be able to look at your visual branding, your logo, your colors, your fonts, and get a certain feel that supports how they're going to feel when they interact with your brand. I don't really like pink all that much. I mean, it's a nice color, but it's not something I use on my clothing. I mean, I guess today I'm wearing a pink shirt. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that I have a pinkish shirt on. I don't really love yellow. I don't love wearing yellow. I don't decorate with yellow. It's not a color that I surround myself with. Both of those colors are included in my visual branding because they're light and bright and fun and feminine and because they give an exciting feel to the visual brand. And that's something that I wanted for my audience members to see when they looked at my brand colors. So it has nothing to do with my personal preferences and everything to do with how can I visually represent what my brand is all about. And that's why you leave it to last. Everybody that I work with is so excited to start with the visual branding and it's so the wrong place to start. Visual branding is really fun, but it is honestly the last thing that you should touch when it comes to building your online personal brand because it should only be supportive and representative of the brand itself. Your visual branding is not your brand. And that's why we talked about it last. So this is already a much longer episode than I thought it was going to be. So let's wrap up there. Thank you so much for listening to the Bizfluencer Podcast. Make sure that you subscribe and leave us a review wherever you are listening. If you're on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the channel so you don't miss a single one. And I will see you next week.